to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app by searching for The Church at Bushland in your app store. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know how this ministry is impacting your life by emailing us at info at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so in our app or by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Well, good to see each of you. Thank you for being here this morning. I want to say a big welcome to uh, Church Online. Thank you so much for being a part of the church. Uh, you are faithful every week. I'm grateful to you uh, for being here. You know, Kate and Jenna Morrison, um, they have four children. They have two twin, they have a twin set of girls that they're notorious for putting notes all over the place. It's just cool like that. I love them. And I have a note on my podium this morning. I want to share this with my church because it's just flat funny. My note says, good luck, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> we love you, Presley and Campbell. So, Good luck, Jeff. I don't know what they know, but can y'all help me a little? Okay, just in case, all right? So uh, good to see you, House. Love you. Thanks for being here. Um, just, just love what God is doing in the house. Oh, my goodness, man. He is breathing a fresh, he is breathing just fresh air in so many different avenues and different ways, and I, I'm grateful for that. Um, so in a series, I've been in this series since Labor Day, it's called History. We're looking at the history of the Bible, because this is not Bible stories necessarily, uh, it's Bible history, okay? Because these are real living accounts of real events that happened in the Bible with real people that had skin on them, they had blood, they had bones and muscle, they were created by God, and he's the same God in these stories as he's the same God today. This is not a different God for the Old Testament and then a different God in the New Testament. Does that make sense? He's the same God. He's the same God. So wherever you find yourself this morning or wherever you find yourself at this time, just understand that what God did in the Old Testament, he is still doing, if not better, today. And he's the same God that moved in their lives. He's the same God that wants to move in our lives today as well. And many times he's moving, directing, and, and, and calling the shots the same way. And we've got to understand how he operated then because it's so much like he operates today. And so we're looking at the same guy. We're looking at the history of the Bible. And we've run through a bunch of Old Testament individuals. And today we're going to look at Daniel, okay? And you can't see Daniel, the book of Daniel. You see it today in a whole different light than you did um, than a couple of years ago. Because when we read these accounts and when we see this, you're going to see a lot of similarities over the last several years. And I think they're there because God wants to show us something. He wants to teach us something in this. All right. So here's some scripture. We're going to run through these. We've, we've talked about them every week because I don't want you to get bored with these scriptures. I want them to become part of your life, part of your DNA. They just flow from you. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I told you that's the verse that you're just gonna know. So when, you, when something comes up today in your life, you just understand something, that when that comes up, when that raises itself up in your life, you just know that you're walking into something, but he's the same guy. 
You don't know what you're up against. You don't know what you're, what's, what's coming, but you know that the same God that moved in the Old Testament is the same God today, that he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And I want that to give you confidence knowing that. Malachi 3.6 says these exact words, I, the Lord, do not change. That's the confidence we have is to walk into a world we may not understand and can't figure out all the time, but as we walk by faith in this world, we know we're walking with the, the same God that walked with these individuals during a, during a time in their life, okay? Hebrews 11.1, 1. now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We walk by what? By faith, not sight. Okay, we don't walk, we don't, we don't walk by what we see. God may call you sometimes to do something and, 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 and go somewhere where it makes no sense whatsoever. You don't see it, it's not there. God just says, you go. And you're like, I don't wanna go unless you give me some more. I'm not giving you any more. I need you to go and then I'll unpack more. And you've got to understand that we don't walk physical sight. We walk in spiritual sight, meaning we don't have to always see it. We walk in faith knowing that the God that created will create what we need. We walk by faith. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why is that impossible? Because it starts with faith. If you're here today or join us online and there's been a time in your life that you've been born again, then you have, you have stepped out in faith, professed with your, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He says, everyone that calls on my name shall be saved. You did that by faith and God met you and, and met you and gave you a relationship. If you start with faith, you gotta keep walking in faith, okay? So we talked about these words meaning faith, believing plus trusting equals faith. You can't have faith if all you do is believe. The Bible says even demons believe and shudder. They don't get, they don't get a faith badge for having uh, belief. Belief is one part of faith, but without trust, you don't get faith. Believing plus trust equals faith. You're gonna see today when we look at Daniel and Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego, they trusted God. We're gonna see that, okay? So you've got to move, because I've said this before, many people today, even in the church, are stuck between believing and trusting. Yeah, they believe that God is who he says he is, but they, they are stuck with just believing. When God asks them to do something and it requires them trusting, they don't move. You can't be stuck between believing and trusting. You got to step. If God is who he says he is, then step into what God says he is. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. May the faith of the Old Testament individuals give you faith today if that's what you need. Because you've got to realize that you can't be stuck with believing. You got you to do trust as well. Then you have faith. I said this before. If you don't have movement, you don't have faith. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know if I've got any uh, I don't know if I've really done anything in faith. Well, just think, just think back if you ever had a moment in your life where God asked you to do something and you moved. If there's been a time in your life that God has asked you to do something and you moved, then you have faith or you demonstrated faith. Faith takes movement. If you're not moving, you're probably not in faith. 
When we came out here from Longview, Texas to Amarillo, we didn't know one single person in the city. We know nobody, nobody. And we tried so hard not to come, all right? But God said, you're going, you're going, you're going, you're going. And we said, okay, okay, okay. So not, we, we just, we, we did not want to go, but we knew God said go. Nobody in the family said go. They said, I don't know who y'all praying to, right? But we had to go because every time, listen, I pray, we had an, just, an, just, just this incredible peace and this incredible spirit that said, this is what I have for you. Trust me and go. Trust me and go. And so we came to Amarillo. Listen to me. I didn't know anything about Amarillo or nobody in Amarillo. I didn't know anything was west of Amarillo but New Mexico. I've said that before. I didn't know there was anything called Bushland. What, what is Bushland? What is, that don't even make any sense. Bushland. I didn't even know what that meant. But, but as we came, we drove all night. We stopped in Memphis to get gas. And my wife said to me, do you think we're going for more than what we're going for? Well, what we were going for is going on staff at that time, San Jacinto Baptist Church in, in Amarillo and later became Quail Creek. That's what we were going for. But she said, I think we're going for more than what we're going for. Can I tell you something? We were going for more than what we were going for. He had to move us to Amarillo to show us Bushland to get to show us later the church, First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas, which has become the church at Bushland. So if I don't move from Longview, Texas to a town called Amarillo, Texas, where I didn't know anybody, to a community called Bushland, I didn't even understand because in East Texas, they don't have bushes, they have trees, okay? Out here, we have bushes. So if I hadn't done any of that, if we as a family hadn't done any of that, I would have not ever, ever, ever got to know you, got to know the sweetest, wonderful, beautiful church that you are. I didn't know you from Adam at that point in my life. I did not. But that faith and that movement opened up everything else. God is all about faith. And you won't have faith without movement. Amen. In the same way, James 2.17, faith by itself, if not accompanied by what? Action is dead. Amen. Faith, if not accompanied by action, is what, church? Dead. So if God asks you to do something and you don't move, then you have just said what about your faith? Dead. Dead. Yeah, that's a hard word, Pastor. That's just mean. Can you wrap that in love? Can you put some good bacon around that jalapeno? I can't. Sorry. That's just the, the biblical vision of what God's looking at when he asks his people to step and they don't move, then their faith is what? Dead. Because they didn't move in faith. That's how God sees it. You've got to step in faith. Today, we're gonna look at Daniel. You can't look at Daniel without looking at three of his buddies, all right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Probably not what you wanna name your kid because junior high is gonna be rough. I'm just telling you, all right? But these are the three hombres with them, okay? Let me give you a little background on Daniel, okay? Or the book of Daniel and about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So at this time, Nebuchadnezzar is king and he is, he goes within the Israelites, okay? And he picks, he's picking people to come and work in his palace or his kingdom that he's raising up. And he, he's picking them by outward appearance and he educates them, he trains them, he feeds them three times a day and he's picking all these people. So basically there's, a, there's hundreds of them that he, that he gets. And so 
The best thing I can tell you, it's like, it's like a, 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 here you got, the, you got the world system out here, and then you got these Israelites that are picked to come and be a part of this. And then, so Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, now they have other names, and we don't even try to butcher those pronunciations, but they're in the Bible. And so they get picked out. So these, these four individuals are in that grouping that are gonna work at the kings, for the king, for King Nebuchadnezzar. So he trains them, he educates them, he, 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 he wants to feed them. Now, understand something. All, that, all this stuff that they do, so they have meat. They sit at the table, and it's a time for dinner, and they bring, the, they bring it in the food. And Daniel and Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego said, we, we don't want that meat. Don't bring us that meat. That meat's been ceremonially blessed to some man-made golden calf idol that you bow to. I don't want any meat. I don't want any of this food that's been, that's been prayed over by some false God. I'm not going to defy my God. I'm not going to defy my body. I don't want that. And you, well, you got to have it. Well, I don't want it. Well, just bring us vegetables. We'll be the first, first vegetarians in the Bible. And so they just, he said, we don't bring you vegetables. You'd be all scrawny. You need ribeyes and meat. He said, you just bring me the vegetables. I'll trust God for the rest of that, all right? And so Daniel and his buddies get favor from the Lord and from the king, and they say, fine, we'll give you vegetables, and in 10 days, we're gonna look at you. We're gonna size you up, and we're gonna test you. We're gonna see if there's a difference. And, and, and they said, bring it. My, we, trust my God. we trust our God. So this is where you find them, okay? So here's what Daniel, Shadrach, and Abednego and, and, and had. They... they they simply had a word that I want you to understand. It is called resolve. You've got to understand the word resolve. It means to settle or find a solution, to decide firmly on a course of action. Here's the best way to say it. You got to know, K-N-O-W, before you go. You write that on your kids' mirrors. You write that on the dash of their car if you want to with a permanent marker they can't race off. All right? You write that on their foreheads if you need to. You teach that to teach it to them. They got to know before they go because if they wait to get in a situation to figure out what they're going to do, it ain't going to be pretty. You got to know before you go. So you got to know what, Pastor? You got to know who you are. You got to know who you are. Some of you are like, I'm 56 and I don't even know who I am, right? Well, welcome to school. You got to figure out who you are, all right? And then you got to know whose you are. See, that's what Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they knew that. These guys knew that. They knew whose, they don't only know who they were, but they knew whose they were, okay? Let me say it like this. You are set apart. At, at, when you get saved and you're born again, you, you are born again. You become a new creation, okay? So you had, like I was a ponder and then I got saved and I got a new name. And you're like, why? You already had a name. No, I had a new name. My name is King's Kid. I'm born again. I now bear his name. See, there's a difference between that. This is my earthly name, and this is my heavenly name. I am a ponder on a dirt ball, all right, and an earth suit. I, I'm occupying space here, but my last name is Ponder. I have an earthly dad named Donnie Ponder who now resides in heaven, but I had an earthly dad. 
But, but when I got born again, I, I took on his name. Does that make sense to you? So, so I am born again. I want you to see it in Scripture, Jeremiah 15, 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. So what Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, they, they, these guys are set apart, okay? You, as a king's kid, being born again, you are set apart. Set apart means to call for a divine purpose. You have been called for a divine purpose, bigger than you. The purpose, and it's divine because he's given it to you. You're now under him, all right? You bear his name. I am no longer just Jeff Ponder. I am a son of the living God. I bear his name, okay? I receive heaven because he has written my name in the Lamb's book of life. He has written my name, but he's written it by the blood of Jesus. Jesus took my place at Calvary, died for me, give me a new life, make me new, regenerate me. I'm born again. I now take on his name and he is now my king. Does that make sense? So I operate on this dirt ball, taking this earth suit that I was given and I operate here. On this dirt ball, I have a name, but I have to understand I have a higher name. I have a higher name. I am a king's kid. Now I want you to see this in Daniel. So they're taken, hundreds of them are taken, all right? They're Israelites, okay? It would be like there's, that we, there's, just, there's the world and then there's the church and Daniel and Shavuot, Meshach, and Omega, they're kind of within the church. Sometimes, my friend, sometimes even inside the church, there are people that are set apart, meaning sometimes the church it looks like the world more than it looks like the king. That makes sense to you? Sometimes the church operates under the what? The leadership of what? The earthly kings more than they do the heavenly king. And sometimes God will shake a nation to figure out who the real churches are and who the, real, the other churches are. And, and what you have to understand is the same thing that's kind of happened to us as a country happened to Daniel, Shabbat, Meshach in, in the Old Testament. This is what was going on inside of them. They were within the church, the four guys, and they would not eat what the king brought them. They wanted something different because they said, I'm not gonna defy my body and I'm not gonna defy my Lord. I Just bring me the vegetables. And so you have to understand that when you bear his name, you're under his authority, his leadership. So let me, let me say it like this. So on this dirt ball, on this earth that we find ourselves, we, we are taught by scripture that this is not our home, that we're passing through, amen? So don't hug the world, don't go to bed with the world, don't want the world to meet your needs. Remember who you are. You are a born again child of the king that you bear his name. Yes, you live here, but this is not your home. So it, we have earthly or worldly kings that are established for us, okay? And they are just like King Nebuchadnezzar and the kings in Daniel. They give orders, they may give decrees, they may say things, but, but we have to always check it with the heavenly king because the earthly kings or the worldly kings are not necessarily our king, we have one king, his name is Jesus. 
He is our commander. He's our chief. He's our prince. He's the great I am. He's the one that we listen to. Now, sometimes earthly kings under that are tuned in with God. They're born again. They're saved. They're in flow with the Holy Spirit of God, and they can speak for the heavenly king. And sometimes they're so jacked up, messed up, they can't speak for nobody. And you've got to be able to distinguish what they're saying. And we see this played out in our country, but we also see it playing out for us in Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar and all the kings with, with Shabbat, Meshach, and Meshach, they, they, they make laws and they make decrees and all this other stuff, and they, they tell you things, but they don't add up. And they don't sound like the king king. And they've always checked in with the king. So let me ask you as a church, we have a king. His name is Jesus. Amen? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Not do you believe in him. It ain't gonna help you. But do you know him? Meaning, not only do you believe in Jesus, but there's been a time in your life that you have trusted in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Everyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is there a moment in your life that you know of that you've been born again? Born again. Go by the same earthly name, but now you're under a king authority. You're different, set apart. You know who you are and whose you are. Because let me say something to you. There will always be, always has, always will be, and will be in the future, earthly, worldly kings set up to give us uh, decrees and laws and things to do. You have got to understand that you have got to consult with the king of kings for your marching orders. Or you will become a bunch of cattle looking at another butt in a line, walking wherever that butt goes, you walk, because if you're not in first, the scenery never changes, amen? And you will become absolutely just a bunch of cattle, and they will go along the line and go, what you doing in this line? I don't know. What are you doing? Why are you in here? They told me to get there. What are you doing it for? I don't know. Well, why don't you ask? That's a good question. Why don't you ask? Not earthly king, heavenly king, by one simple statement, Father, what do you say about this? What do you say about this? This is what Daniel, this is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They lived in a world, there were kings set up for them, but they were getting their marching orders and their commands from someone other than an earthly king. They were getting it from the heavenly king. Do you consult with the heavenly king on your affairs? I'm telling you, church, we've got to be ready, not just now, but in the days to come, that we've got to understand we are, our allegiance and what we bow to <laughs> has to be one true God. It has to be Jesus. He's our king. I don't need, I don't need the police officers to help me do right. I'm thankful for them. I love them, all right? But if I understand that I'm born again and I'm a new creation 
and I answer to a high king and he, I bear his name, trust me, I'll do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and I don't need a cop to keep me in line. Does that make sense? I don't need a cop because I'm not gonna speed. You say, I've seen you speed, preacher, right? I was in a hurry to come see you. So, so here's what, I, does that make sense to you? You don't need earthly laws if you're under the law. If I'm under the law, I'm gonna do right, be right. Why? Because I bear his name. It, it, I'm sure officers are like, well, thank goodness they're not all because I wouldn't have a job, okay? But it would be great if we operate like that. But what you have to understand is we have got to understand who calls the shots in our lives. Who do you answer to? Who do you bow to? Who gives you instructions? Who's the one directing your life? It's the one true God. It's God Almighty. I want you to see it in Scripture. Go to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to be in 3, and then we're going to be in uh, 6. Daniel chapter 3. First item of business is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right? It's just fun to say it, so you just keep saying it. All right? So King Nebuchadnezzar at this time builds a golden statue of himself, and he wants everyone to bow down when they hear some worship music. When they hear that music, boy, they're supposed to bow down and just worship the king and just give homage to King Nebuchadnezzar every time, all right? And so we pick this up in verse 11, Daniel 3, 11. And that what, whoever does not fall down in worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there were some Jews who were set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention, O king, to you. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have set up. Verse 13, furious in rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, they were, so these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, of the flute, the zeal, and all the worship and everything, I want you to be ready to fall down and worship the image I made. It's very good. But if you do not worship, but if you don't fall down and worship, do what I tell you, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God, what God, little G, will be able to rescue you from my hand? Then verse 16, Shavrat, Meshach, and Abednego replied, to the king. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we were thrown into a blazing furnace, the God that we serve is able, you can underline that in your Bible, is able to save us from it. He will rescue us from your hand, O king, but even if he doesn't do it. We want you to know, O king, that we will not serve the gods, little G's, and worship the image of gold that you have set up. Now, that's some serious smack right there. But that takes backbone and guts, and you better know who you are and whose you are when you say that. And they did. They did. It says that the fire got so hot, he turned it up seven times hotter than it normally is. It was so, so hot that when the guards who bound Shadrach, Meshach, and and the Benny got up. When they threw him into the furnace, it killed the guards. It killed the soldiers. I want you to see it in Scripture. Look at verse uh, 21. 
So these men wearing robes and, and, and all their tunics and clothes, they were bound in the blazing furnace. The king commanded the urgent that the fire be so hot that the flames would kill the soldiers who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and these three men firmly tied up fell into the blazing fires. Verse 24, then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked the advisors, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king, you count really well. There was three. That doesn't say that in the Bible, but it's like they got to help their king count the three. You need a new king if you got to help him count the three. I'm just saying, all right? He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. I'm sorry, he doesn't look like just the son of the gods. He looks like the son of God, big G, because that's who he was. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and they looked at him and they, and they looked perfect and the governors and advisors and the crowd around them, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was their hair on their heads singed, their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Woo, big time, big time. Verse 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has set his angels to rescue his servants. Watch this. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give their lives rather than serve and worship any God except their own God. I'm not asking you to be a rebel. I'm just saying to you, you get your marching orders from the one true king. His name is Jesus. And if Jesus did not tell you to do that, don't do it. You have got to understand that your God must be worshiped, not any other gods, not gods they make up. Shavuot, Meshach, and Abednego said, we are not, not gonna bow down and worship your God. We're not. And if you throw us in the fire, we believe that our God, will rescue us. And he did. Look at verse, uh, go to chapter six, look at Daniel. See the same thing about Daniel. What I want you to see really is really important here is verse 28. When, they, when, when Nebuchadnezzar looked at them, he said, the reason they're not is because they trusted in their God. They didn't believe in their God. See that? They trusted in their God. We'll get to that in a little bit. Look at Daniel chapter six. Um, go to 10, go to 10. So let me set it up for you just a little bit. So new King Darius, he says, I, I don't want anybody praying to any other gods and I don't want anybody praying to any men. I want them only to pray to me. And so I don't want any praying going. I mean, I, I'm, I'm stopping all the praying. I want no praying for 30 days. Nobody can be praying. You caught praying, I'm gonna throw you in lines then. That's what he says. He set this decree up, Okay. So he enforced a decree that anyone prays to any other God or man during the next 30 days, except for the king, to the one true king, that there was set up, he'd be throwing the lion's den. So I want you to pick up in verse 10. Now, when David learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room 
where the window was open towards Jerusalem. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God as he had done before. Now, this decree was set up. It didn't matter if it was set up because David, I mean, Daniel was operating in what he always operated in. He it didn't, it didn't, this was what David did all the time. He went upstairs, the window opened to Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day to his God, all right? So I want you to pick up in verse 11. Then these men went as a group. These are called tattletales. Even tattletales lived back then, okay? These are tattletales, okay? That's what we need to call them. Daniel was praying, asking God for help. So they went to the king and they spoke to him about the royal decree. They said, did you publish a decree during the next 30 days? Anyone who prays to any other God or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den. The king answered, the decree stands in accordance to the law that I put in place and it can't be repelled. Then 13, then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, and to your decree and to its writing. He still prays three times a day, tattletales. All right, so look at 16. So the king gave an order that they would go get Daniel and bring him and throw him in the lion's den. And then the king said, O king said to Daniel, may the God you serve continually rescue you. All right, so then they throw him in the lion's den and, and then it rolls a stone. We've seen this before, right? They throw him in a tomb, they roll a stone so the lions can eat him, okay? So then it says uh, in 16, uh, 17 and 18, that the king, he doesn't want any entertainment that night. He wants no food and he goes to bed, but he's very restless. He can't sleep. So at first dawn, the king got up, hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? This is funny in verse 21. Then Daniel answered the king. He throws him in the lion's den. He can't sleep because he, he, it's, it's like God already knows. And he let, he let him know that, Listen, I've got Daniel. He's not even harmed. And when he gets to him, I mean, if I throw a guy in a den of lions, I'm probably not gonna speak to him when I get there. Chances are pretty good he got eat. They, he got eaten. But he calls to him. And Daniel answers, O king, live forever. My God sent an angel, shut the mouth of the lions. They have not hurt me because I found the innocent in, my sight, in, in, in their sight nor have you ever done anything wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave an order to lift Daniel out of the den. And watch what he says. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he trusted in God. I want you to see something in both these. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, not burned in the furnace. Why? In the fire. Because they trusted in their God. Daniel thrown in the lion's den. When they bring him out, no wounds on him, not no scars, not hurt at all. Why? Because it says in scripture that they trusted in God. Can I say something to you? You have got to get from believing to trusting. Many of us are stuck in believing. It does not say that Shabbat, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel had all this happen to them because they believed. It's not what it says. It says that they trusted God. Their belief moved them to trust 
which equals faith. If you're not trusting, you don't have faith. God says, if you not only believe in me, but will trust in me, all right, then you will have faith. How do you get from believing to trusting the faith? Well, it's pretty simple. Look at uh, Hebrews 5. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Y'all listen quick because I got to hurry. Hebrews 5. Look at verse 11. We have much to say to you about this, but it's hard to explain because you're slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Verse 13, anyone who lives on milk still being an infant is not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use has trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. What's in front of us? Good and evil every day. Good and evil every day. How do you distinguish between good and evil? By constantly, constantly, consistently feeding on the Word of God. Not milk, but solid food. It helps you distinguish between good and evil. What made Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego so special was that they were living in a time just like us, all right? They were a part of the church, but they were set apart from that. They had a king. His name is Jesus. There were earthly kings set up like Nebuchadnezzar and Darius and all them. And they gave decrees and they gave orders and they gave things. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel said, that's fine, you can set all that up. But the bottom line is I answer to one king. We as a church have got to come to a point in our lives where we understand that what we saw lay out in Daniel is the same thing laying out for us today. Sometimes our earthly kings are not in tune with the heavenly king. And if they're not, you as a believer have to understand that your first allegiance and your first surrendering goes to King Jesus, not to some earthly king. I'm not asking you to be a rebel and be a thug and a bully. I'm just saying to you, you gotta decide what team you're on. You gotta decide the jersey you're wearing. You can't be switching teams every time they win on Sunday. You either stick with the team or don't stick with the team. You can't be a free agent with Jesus. You're bought by blood. You're sealed by the promise of the Holy Spirit. You're a king's kid. If you're a king's kid, then walk as a king's kid. Be a king's kid. Listen to the king's kid. When the king speaks, the kids do what the king says. And sometimes you'll be set apart even from church because sometimes, my friend, as we've seen, sometimes the church is shaken and the church is shaken out of the church. In the days moving forward, the days of having a bumper sticker for Jesus, wearing a t-shirt for Jesus and honking if you love Jesus is not enough. When they ask you who your king is, you better tell them it's Jesus. Because if you bear his name, that's your only answer. It's your only answer. And when you step out and move your believing to trust, it will come out in faith come out in faith. What we see about Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is they're living in a time so much like a time we live in. All right? So much like it. Uh, we, we, no more of this praying. No more praying. We're going to take this pray out. No, you can't pray no more. I'm going to pray at school. No, I'm going to pray at school. No, I'm going to take that out too. 
I'm gonna take that out there. Oh, I want, how about the 10 commandments? You know, Exodus chapter 20, the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Nah, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. We're gonna take all of them down too. Oh, I'm a, as a coach, I'm gonna pray over my football team. No, nah, I'm gonna fire you. The school board's gonna fire you. See, what's happening is they want you to submit and bow to the earthly kings. But when you get orders and you're a king's kid, you bear his name, you get orders from one king. And it's time for the church, little church in the corporate church to decide who their king is. Who is it? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they resolved. They knew before they ever went who their God was. They didn't wait to figure it out. Not to decide is to decide, my friend. Do you have the resolve? Do you know who you are? If you're in this room, you're joining us online, you say, I don't, I don't know who I am, Pastor. I believe in Jesus, but there's never been a time in my life I've been saved. I know that, I know that. I'm trying, I'm trying to do everything. I, 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 I'm not born again, I know I'm not. Then this morning, before the song starts, you need to come down here as quick as you can and say, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ because I am so anxious, so nervous, so at unrest in this world today. I don't know what to listen to, who to listen to. I don't know what to do. Because why? Because you don't know the king. If you know the king, you can walk confidently as Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. They walked with resolve knowing who they were and whose they were. Okay? The days moving forward are just like these days right here. There are earthly kings set, but you give what? Homage to what? One king. It's a heavenly king, okay? Be ready to take your orders from the heavenly king. And whatever heavenly king says, that's what you do. And you don't get in line and look at another cow rear anymore. You decide who you are, that you're set apart and you listen to the king, all right? I'm gonna ask you to stay in church. As we begin the worship, when the worship team comes out, if you're on the ministry team, you're welcome to take your spot as well. Altar's open. I know some of you are thinking, well, man, it was weird times that Daniel and Shavak Meshach lived in. Boy, I'm sure glad I'm not like that now. They're just like that, if not worse today. And I'm not trying to just pour depression on you or anything, but wake up. Wake up. It's just like that. And we as a church, individually, corporately, have to know who our king is. And our orders, our commands, our allegiance, our worship, who we are must come from the King Jesus, not from earthly established kings, that they prayed in front of us and tell us that they're experts and we have to listen to them and bow down to them and surrender to them. That's not what, maybe they are lined up with you. The Father will tell that by the Holy Spirit. But if they're not, you get a check in your spirit. I always follow King Jesus. I always follow King Jesus. Because why? Because he's the one that died for you. And you have a relationship with him and you bear his name. This morning, if you don't bear his name, it's a good house for you. You just come and say, I don't, I don't bear his name. I like his church. I like coming, but I don't, I don't bear his name. And we can take care of that just like that. All right. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. God, I pray you raise the church up today with power, with backbone. Be strong in the church, God. 
that God, in the days moving forward, we have to know who we are and whose we are and that we take our word and orders and commands from a heavenly king, not from earthly kings. God, we love you, we praise you, we honor you, we adore you, we worship you now in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship church. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram by using the Church at Bushland. We are all about people because God is all about people. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference.